In the last episode, we covered a very important concept known as herd immunity. Herd immunity is important for one particular reason. That reason being that it's a common way to argue against anti-vaxxers and it's a common aspect of a person's health and a community's health. Be it that being vaccinated means not just to protect one's personal health but for the sake of other people's health. This fifth episode is where I take the tools of knowledge from the previous episodes and jump into the world of confusion and conflict and give what I can what I could collect from all over the world. Diving into the diving into a lot of information which could vary between sources all summarized into one main episode. Just as a sample of this episode, a cognitive bias is any sort of way that people perceive information, which can skew the way that the information is interpreted. Some cognitive biases may make it so that information is mixed up or different to its original, or it could be such that people do not want to accept certain parts of information, which runs contrary to what they believe. The world of anti-vaccination, while there seems to be a big run of important people and heavy statements and events being for and against vaccination, the, these cognitive biases always seem to play a r- large role in turning tables in the world of vaccination. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Vax Voice. Thank you for tuning in to listen to The Vax Voice. There are multiple flavors of cognitive biases which give this controversy its taste. Negativity bias, the thought process where where the human mind wants to find out as to why something bad happened, either by blaming oneself or by blaming something external. This means that if a vaccine was recently done after finding out that a child may be suffering for some reason, the reason would most likely be pointed to the vaccination. Then we have naturalness bias. The idea that, irrespective of the chemical composition of a substance, that of which is not made from nature is considered to be more harmful. For example, being from a lab is considered to be more harmful than being from nature, even if the chemical composition is exactly the same. The confirmation bias is the acceptance of information from external sources which supports existing beliefs. These can be anecdotes, statistics, fake news, and so on and so forth. The omission bias is the idea that harmful inaction is better than performing harmful action. Parents are scared that by not vaccinating and taking the preventable disease, it is better than taking than vaccinating against the disease and gaining the vaccine's possible side effects. This effect comes in place due to the success of the vaccine itself, hiding the dangers of the preventable disease, such as measles, smallpox, and other vaccine-preventable diseases. The Dunning-Kruger effect is the phenomenon that in the minds of people who are ignorant about a particular topic, think that they are considered to be one of the best in that topic or field. For example, those who are considered to have played only a little bit of basketball may believe that they are considered one of the best among their peers, while realistically being worse than their peers. It's like a misinformed, it's like a misinformed form of arrogance. These cognitive biases create common arguments against vaccinations. Like most opinions, there is in fact a rebuttal against them. Autism. 
Link to the discredited and highly inauthentic research paper from one of the 13 authors, A.J. Wakefield. This has been discredited by 25 international and large international This has been discredited by 25 large international research companies and 10 out of the 13 authors have even said that they believed that their report was incorrect. The reason many people still believe in the statement though is because we don't know a lot about the ASD spectrum and autism as a whole. Parents and concerned family members who are desperately in search of answers for something bad, the negativity bias, will do what they can to find an answer, even if this means having to listen to stories, conspiracies, and fake information, which is the confirmation bias and Dunn-Kruger effect, to satisfy their cognitive bias. Another argument very prevalent in the anti-vaccination community is what so what if uh, I don't get if they don't get vaccinated so what if my children don't get vaccinated how bad is going without vaccination in the first place funnily enough the positive effect of vaccines on society is ultimately what's providing for its downfall in the vaccine in the anti-vax what's provide it's the success of the vaccine itself which is ultimately the reason as to why people are not vaccinating. What do I mean by this? Well, at the time before vaccines or before pre- vaccine preventable diseases, uh, before their vaccines existed, uh, for example, measles would, uh, would kill hundreds of millions of people. And as I mentioned in the second episode, sorry, in the first episode, as I mentioned in the first episode, those who got contracted smallpox would die in, would die almost instantly, and those who would survive would end up having long permanent lasting scars and would require certain and under certain circumstances would even require amputation. But because of vaccines, we don't see this need anymore, so people don't understand as to why it's so important. So rather they think that because we know what the side effects look like, it's better to take the side effects rather than taking the, uh, the, because they've seen what the side effects look like, it's better than, it's better to take the side effects than taking the actual vaccine itself. This is again, linking back to the omission bias. Vaccines have done such a good job in protecting us against diseases and the pain, the deaths and the pains of diseases that it has eradicated that is not being considered needed anymore. Another common argument is that people should not have to be forced to take vaccinations. It should always just be between the child and the parent and that the parents know their children best. And if they believe that children do not need vaccinations, then, well, perhaps they don't need vaccinations. It shouldn't have to be forced upon them and Students should still be allowed to go to public schools, even if they're not vaccinated. While I do understand this is true, vaccinations is, in fact, for the safety and development of one's child, and it is upon the parents' responsibility to make sure that they get vaccinated, or for the anti-vax community not to get vaccinated. This is where the concept of herd immunity comes in. See, the thing is, when you vaccinate yourself, you're not just keeping yourself safe. You're also making sure that those around you who cannot get vaccinated, 
people such as the elderly, the young, those on chemotherapy, or those who are genuinely allergic to the uh, ingredients, the chemicals within the disease, if they cannot take the vaccination, then it is upon those who can get the vaccination. It's, it's upon their responsibility to make sure that they are protecting those who cannot get vaccinated. And this is known as herd immunity. Again, covered back in the fourth episode. Along with this, it is also important to know that herd immunity can only be achieved when 90% of the population is vaccinated against the disease. What does this mean? Well, it means that if you believe that most of the community is already vaccinated compared and you feel like you've done your part, so therefore there's no need to have to do the vaccination, it's a very unlikely chance that that's true because 90% is a lot, it's a large number relative to populations that is actually quite a large number. Or those who believe in the naturalness bias, which is the, the organic supportive community, who believe that it, instead of injecting chemicals into babies, perhaps instead people should just let the disease build their immunity instead. The thing is, this is scientifically questionable. It is true that by contracting a disease, your body prepares yourself for it. But at the same time, if you say that someone should let, don't, not to give a child vaccines and let the child just take on the disease and hope that that disease will build their, build their immunity, you are giving a lot of precious time to diseases to develop and ultimately do a lot of damage which could be avoidable within children's bodies, especially young children whose immune systems are not fully developed yet. Also, there's a common argument of saying, well, it contains harmful chemicals, such as aluminum, formaldehyde, mercury. Yeah, you're right. Those are pretty dangerous chemicals. I sure wouldn't want to be drinking aluminum or mercury. I would like to drink. I am a big fan of drinking water, though. Oh, but I can also tell you this, drinking water can be dangerous. How much water you drink, though, is what matters. See, the thing is, it's not the chemical itself which is dangerous, but rather the dosage in which it can be given to the body. It's, so, it's so similar to Botox. A lot of people take Botox to make themselves look younger, fairer, smoother, uh, and whatever cosmetic reasons there are. However, however, it's an incredibly dangerous substance. Be be that it's it's taken in very very small amounts, and in the case of aluminum, there's only zero point one two five milligrams in most vaccinations, which is minuscule compared to the thirty to fifty milligrams consumed on a daily basis. Mercury in today's vaccines is also removed even though it never really caused any problems it was simply added to make sure that bacterial growth wouldn't uh, grow in the vaccine but scientists have removed it and there may be other reasons which i may not have covered however you'll find that there's a common trend between the reasons i've stated and the cognitive biases that come into play so when people say that well, it's just, okay, so what, from what it sounds like, it sounds like I'm just saying that there's a lot of cognitive biases going around. It's not true. 
there's more than just cognitive biases. There's actually risks with taking vaccinations. It's not that vaccines are perfect, and I'll get into this further on. So let's look at these possible side effects. We have pain, swelling, and or redness at the site of the shot. We have mild fevers, chills, feeling tired, headache, muscle and joint aches. And for those of us who have taken our vaccinations, including my own, uh, a whole lot of crying. However, on rare instances, we have encephalitis, blisters for boys, the inflammation of the genitalia, and in worst case scenarios, most likely with premature children, is, well, death. However, when these side effects are considered, it is important that, well, nothing is perfect. The very medications that you take also have side effects and allergic reactions, I'm afraid, and things are out of the control of the vaccinators. Should vaccination governments put more research into the vaccine, making it more safe? Yeah, yeah, they should. But with the technology we have today, it does make sense to say that. However, if you are allergic to the vaccination, which should be made known to your doctors, by the way, whoever is prescribing the vaccination to you, they should be aware of this, then you should not take the vaccine. Instead, you should be the bearer of the fate and tell others that they are relying on their immunity to protect you. You are one of the few people in a community who need to... You are among the few people within a community who needs to experience herd immunity to stay protected from a disease. If I may, be it that I normally try to stay away from opinionated responses, however, I would like to provide my own input on the situation. I also want to say that, for one, towards those who are pro-vaccine, I do have a message for you. Do not spread hate just because others are doing what they can to make sure their beloved ones are protected. No one, at least most of them, are not anti-vaxxers because they want children to suffer from disease and end up dying. It's not true. They are people just like you and I, and they experience, in fact, the same cognitive biases as you and I experience on a daily basis. They are skeptical and some have other beliefs on the topic, and it is only our job to educate those who are involved in our lives about the importance of vaccines and provide immunity to those who cannot get vaccinated or who, are, or who aren't vaccinated. A lot of tales that come from anti-vaxxers, from what I've heard, is the idea that those who are anti-vaxxers are hated. They are shunned, they get ridiculed, and they are called horrible things just because of misinformation. Don't do that. It will not get anyone anywhere. And, I mean, it's backed with scientific fact and psychology to say that it won't work. And since when has shouting at people, since when has providing insults and horrific comments ever helped anyone? For those who are listening who are, in fact, anti-vax, I also do have something to say. I am a pro-vaxxer. However, I can only say that while the stories and opinions that you hear from others may sway what you think about the vaccination, 
there are still numbers, statistics, and studies all backing vaccinations. I can agree with you on this note. Vaccines are not perfect. And there is room for improvement and safety. However, it is a cost-benefit comparison that says that vaccines are better than rejecting them. Let me put it to you this way. I'd like to pick up the analogy of uh, seatbelts. So seatbelts, we put on seatbelts because we know that they're good for us. They protect us in case if if anything were to go wrong, we have seatbelts to help protect us. But have there been people who have passed away because of their seatbelt during freak accidents? Yeah, yeah, there have. But just because you've heard them die, does that mean now you're, does that, would that make sense to say that you do not trust seatbelts? No, of course not. Because while you have heard, while you have seen on the news, if you were to read up on it, that people have passed away because of their seatbelts, it makes sense to say that you would still make sure that your child and yourself, whenever in a car, are using seatbelts. Why? Because you know that per a cost-benefit comparison, it is in fact better and in one's best interest to have a seatbelt on. Well, that was my input and that's the end of another episode. I'm pretty confident in saying that there was a lot of information in today's episode. So in case something might have got past you, in today's episode, we looked at the concept of anti-vaccination, seeing as to what it is and how it is affecting people's lives. Also outlining as to why less and less people are getting vaccinated. Also outlining as to why less and less people are getting vaccinated. Looking at the scientific side of it, seeing the psychology of cognitive biases. We've also seen common arguments against the disease and the common rebuttals against them. And we've also looked at possible side effects that can be caused by taking in vaccinations. In the next episode, we will recap everything that has been covered so far, starting from the start of the first episode to the end of these very sentences. Thank you so much for listening to The Vax Voice, and I hope to see you in the next episode. Have a good day.